Well, a very good Friday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Friday Live on this uh, lovely November, is it 15th today? 15th, already. 15th. I'm Jim. And I'm Cheryl. Welcome. And we're happy to be here. Have a lovely program lined up for you today. Of course, we're going to start with our prayer in just a moment, but uh, coming Some up... great guests A little today. later this hour, we have, um, uh, and you know of or know Nick from uh, St. Bartholomew's in East Brunswick? I know of him. We have never met, but we... Um, You're in the same business, though. Right, and we both work for the Diocese of Metuchen, mm-hmm. and we get a lot of the same e-blasts and whatnot from the National Pastoral Musicians. We're, you know, we share rosters of friends and acquaintances in the music world, so mm-hmm. it'll be great to talk to him. And it's a concert coming up. That's why we're having yes. him on. Concert coming up... Uh, uh, well, we'll pull it up. But at, That's right. You have at, to stay tuned and find Bart out when. I think it's this is tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. We'll check. They're celebrating a significant parish anniversary, so Nick will be able to tell oh, is us that what it is? all about it. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. And then uh, we're going to play Saint of the Day later this hour. You can win a fabulous prize. Uh, Jim Hoffman could not be here with the weather today, but although Jim is not here, we still have weather, so we'll, we'll and share we still that have a gym. We still have a gym, so I'll give it to you. Uh, next hour, of course, Father Chris Rogers will join us, and he's going to give the reflection on Sunday's gospel for this Sunday. Uh, also, uh, Tommy Ty, who's written a book called uh, Catholic Hipster. I'm going to talk about his new book, so he'll be here. And music and talk and all kinds of stuff. So, uh, And just to remind you, friends, that we are coming to you on all of our platforms live right now at 4.01 on this November 15th. Of course, our radio stations and uh, also coming to you uh, streaming audio from our website, domesticchurchmedia.org. Um, also coming to you live in our video format on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash domesticchurchmedia, and also facebook.com slash domesticchurchmedia. And as I'm speaking with you right now, I'm multitasking, trying to get us on our homepage as well with the video, but we'll work on that. I should have done it ahead of time. I, it slipped my mind. I was relaxing in my new chair. I see you have a new recliner there. So if you ever I've always it, wanted, no, I've always wanted uh, for a couple of years. You know, the older I get, I, around 3 o'clock, I get a little dozy and a little sleepy. And 10 or 15 minutes is all you need. That's all I need, a little power nap. And uh, nap. I, I, I went out, I'm with, of course, my own funds here, and I bought myself a little recliner, put it here in the corner in the studio. <laughs> On my way in to do the program. So, if there's ever dead air, you know, I spend time with Jesus across the hallway there in the in the, in the chapel. And I'll work my way over here, maybe have a little little quick nap, and then get on the air. <laughs> We're gonna pray now, though. So, uh, as always, friends, we invite you to join us in praying for all of your special intentions, your special needs, whatever they are. Um, we are praying these beautiful prayers for unity and. Um, Again, all of your or all of your special requests, prayer requests, whatever they are. And don't forget now, coming up Monday at three o'clock live, Bruce Tabaka will be here uh, with his program to pray with you live over the air. So um, we start that now and begin to pray with you for all of your intentions. And uh, we begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Oh Lord Jesus Christ, hear my prayers for our Holy Father, our bishops, our clergy, and for all who are in authority over us. Bless the whole Catholic Church and turn all hearts toward your most merciful heart. Bless our relatives, benefactors, friends, and enemies. Help the poor, the sick, and those who are in their last agony. Have compassion on the souls in purgatory. Grant them eternal rest and peace. Lord Jesus Christ, at your last supper, you prayed to the Father that all should be one. Send your Holy Spirit upon all who hear your name and seek to serve you. 
strengthen our faith in you and lead us to love one another in humility. May we who have been reborn in one baptism be united in one faith under one shepherd. O Lord, give to your people, we pray you, the spirit of truth and the spirit of peace, that they may know you with all their minds and that following with all their hearts, that uh, after those things which are pleasing to you, they may ever possess the gifts of your bountiful goodness. And as our Holy Father, Pope Francis, asked, we're going to pray our prayers to St. Michael the Archangel and the beautiful ancient prayer to our Blessed Mother uh, to pray, as he requested, uh, for us to pray uh, for the church from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan, and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we continue to pray for the beatification of Mother Maria Calpis, and certainly on the behalf of our young friend Maria, for continued healing, faith, strength, and complete healing, maybe that miracle that will raise Mother Maria. O loving Jesus, we beseech you, grant that your servant Mother Maria, who was imbued with her Eucharistic presence while on earth, may through the intercession of your Immaculate Mother and Saint Casimir, be glorified by visible signs and miracles, so that for your glory and the salvation of souls, she may by your power be declared blessed. Amen. Amen. Gracious God, we praise and thank you for your thankfulness and love. You have blessed us with the example of your servant, Maria Kalpas, whose deep faith in your presence, love for the Eucharist, and zeal in fostering the faith life of others continue to inspire us. Through her intercession, we pray for the healing of Maria. Help us to continue life's journey with a heart filled with a profound faith in you and that trust which is born of love. We ask this through Jesus, our Lord, and the power of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. St. Pope John Paul II, pray pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray Pray for for us. us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And again, friends, we welcome you to the program. Uh, And uh, don't forget, coming Monday, which is the third Monday of the month, our friend Bruce DeBacco will be here, and uh, he's going to throw open the tr- prayer tent and have his altar call. What do they call him? The altar call. People come up and pray. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> uh, Bruce used to be Protestant, but you right. know, now he's Catholic, obviously. So, Anyways, he'll do that Monday at 3 o'clock live, so uh, send your prayer requests to us, and we'll have them here for Bruce. I have a brand new we- um, email address set up for that. You can email Pray at domesticchurchmedia.org, and we get it right away. Pray at domesticchurchmedia. And people call in for prayer. You can Mm -hmm. speak with him over the phone. He loves to speak with you, and he has such a way, such a special gift of calling on the Lord, calling on the angels and saints, whether whether or not he knows the need. He knows that the Lord knows the need, and he is a great intercessor mm-hmm. is he? Mm-hmm. so that's this coming monday he's here the first and third monday of every month so mm-hmm. at three at three o'clock uh, and coming up just a little bit we're going to be joined by nick gatto gatto uh who is uh, from saint uh, bartholomew's in east brunswick there's an organ concert tomorrow evening 7 30 
up at uh, St. Bartholomew's in East Brunswick. And, uh, and Nick's going to tell us all about that. Hector Oliveira is the uh-huh. organist. You know Hector? I, I do not personally know Hector. Organists are like, they're, they're, it's kind of a dying breed, isn't well, it? We're, we are dinosaurs, let me tell you. Hmm. And organs themselves are dinosaurs. How many parishes? Think about your summer travels or where you go away for business and stop into churches and look for the organ. So often there's the piano. And of course, there's so many guitar groups. I have a woman from my choir who moved to Georgia, and she said they went to three different churches and had yet to find anywhere with some traditional hymnody or even the use of an organ or to find one. She said many of them had the large screens with follow the bouncing mm-hmm. ball or, you know, for the <laughs> that they have that all follow the bouncing ball in some <laughs> <Yeah>. churches. <laughs> Praise and worship, or nothing against it, but you know there there is balance, which we'll hear a little bit about later when we talk to. Um, <clears throat> What's one of the, the genesis of the organ? Uh, like when did it, when did they start using an organ? When it was invented. I know. Do you know when it was invented? <laughs> Ooh, I think that's a question for Nick. <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> I know there was the harpsichord and the piano. The organ came after the piano. Yeah, somewhere in there, and it was the. Um, you know, it's not like it needed electricity. It was the earliest the organs pump the pump it. was pumping with your feet, so or uh, air would be pushed through all these. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of trouble to me. <laughs> I know, I know. But, and of course, then how do you use the foot pedals? You're pumping the air for your head with no your foot. feet. You had to keep you had to stop pumping. <laughs> I never had the pleasure of using. There's got to be. A, there's got to be. Is there like an organ uh, museum somewhere? I would imagine. Hmm. Don't they have? Correct me if I'm wrong. In Flemington, or yeah. I'm never wrong. I, I never <laughs> Let correct it be known. you. No, I never correct you. <laughs> oh. um, in Reddington or Flemington on Route 202, it's it's that train place. Yes. But he has a large room in there, and yes. he also collected organs. Because I told you, he used to. I used to live on. His name is Bruce Zacanella, I think. Okay. We lived on the same street in, and he's in Franklin still Township. The owner there. He's still the proprietor, proprietor. there, and but I remember growing up. Because he's older than I am, and I and he had ch- actually a, ch- a child my age. Um, we'd hear the organ coming out of his house, like just he was he playing, yeah, like the Phantom of the Opera. Right. <laughs> but yeah, he has in that um, Northlands is the mm-hmm. name of the place, right on two hundred two, and he has a particular section there where he gets, must give concerts because we right, went so there with Charlotte, Charlotte, and we saw the, right, the organ, like a little bit of a recital hall, but a lot of old instruments. But whether or not he has the most ancient, um, probably in the. Um, Museum there in New York, uh, Metropolitan perhaps, with the ancient instrument exhibit. Mm. But again, would they have the old organs? But um, in the earliest years, everything was a cappella. Until mm. then, the organ became the highest esteemed. But there will be an organ concert tomorrow evening at St. Bartholomew's in yes. East Brunswick. And uh, joining us in just a little bit will be Nick Gatto, who is the, uh, I guess he's the music director there at St. Bart's, right. and he's going to tell us all about it. So stay tuned for that. Uh, again, coming up later this hour, we're going to play Saint of the Day, so you can call in and win a fabulous prize. Uh, next hour, Father Chris Rogers will join us, and he'll be giving the reflection on Sunday's Gospel. And also next hour, Tommy Ty, who's written a book called Catholic Hipster. Um, a real interesting book, and he's going to tell us all about that. So you stay where you are, friends. We're going to come back in just a little bit with Nick Gatto, so don't go away. More to come.
All right, welcome back. Uh, that was Oh God Beyond All Praising. What I call event music, and we have someone with us who's going to tell us about a special event. But I picked that basically because it had an organ in it, and that's where we're going Okay, very good. Well, <laughs> tomorrow night at the St. Bartholomew's in East Brunswick, there's going to be an organ concert by Hector Olivero. And to tell us all about it is the music director from St. Bartholomew, Nick Gatto. Hi, Nick. Welcome to the program. Hi. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks for being here, Nick. We are... Sure. We are um, united in spirit and in musicality. I'm music director at uh, St. Magdalene de Pazzi in Flemington. Oh, wonderful. Well, so. it's, it's great to connect with you. Thank you so yes. much. <laughs> we're, we're almost neighbors, but of course, we're each on an island. Our paths don't really cross because yeah, we're doing true. our own thing every weekend. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we were talking about organs. We're going to get to your event and all that. But what, what do you have there at, at the church? Is it a new organ that you're celebrating or... Um, actually, it's the organ itself isn't completely new. It's it's uh, it was installed in two thousand one by the uh, by the Walker Technical Company. Okay. Um, and uh, we have a we have a large space, and it's actually a very it's a large uh, four manual instrument. Um, that means that means there's four four keyboards for those of you who may not know the the organ lingo, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it's very large because, of course, we have a very, very large space at at St. Bartholomew. Um, it's uh, it's a very large space that that uh, that seats uh, over 800 people or so. So, okay. uh, so it needs it needs a, a sort of a large instrument to support congregational singing, especially when the church is full, especially at Christmas and Easter and other special occasions. Absolutely. Mm. Is it a pipe? I guess it's partially a pipe organ. Actually, it's um. Actually, it's this one. It's, our organ is it's a hundred percent digital. Okay. Um. We actually the the finding oh. finding space for for pipes in uh, in our in our church is 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 rather difficult because it was one of those one of those buildings that was uh, that was uh, originally. Uh, like uh, more modern constructed to be a gymnasium, right? So, uh, <laughs> the modern so, um, church we've architecture. Had, uh, <laughs> we've had some renovations, and so, uh, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah. So we're still so uh, so we need a, dig- a digital instrument, um, you know, because a, a pipe organ of that size would be, you know, would be uh, not quite feasible. <laughs> right, uh, right, and cut a hole in the roof or something. <laughs> Nick, Nick, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, how, how long have you been at St. Bartholomew's in this position? I have been there. I have been the organist since uh, since 2004. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we have a previous music director who retired in 2010. So in 2010, I wound up taking over both the music director and the organist uh, duties. We mm-hmm. do wear many hats, don't we? <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> so exciting that you'll be hosting... Um, Hector Oliveira. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little oh, bit about yes. him. We are absolutely thrilled. <laughs> tell, okay. tell us a little bit about Hector. <laughs> so Hector is, uh, he uh, is really was a prodigy when it comes to the organ. He started playing the organ at, uh, at uh, he started playing the organ when he was three years old. And uh, if you can believe it, he was playing organ in church at five. Oh my gosh. Um, a little Mozart. He, uh, <laughs> he, he studied, um, uh, he wound up moving to. He was he was born in um, in Argentina. He played uh, played in front of uh, Eva Perón, and when he be when he received a scholarship uh, to the Juilliard School of Music, that was when he moved to uh, to the United States. Wow. And uh, he's been ever since he uh, 
um, ever since he won the, the competition for the uh, American Guild of Organists in, in improvisation, that sort of launched his uh, his uh, performance career, which has been going strong uh, ever since. That's wonderful. Just wonderful. so, what's his what's his um, his program tomorrow? Does he have a, a as far as selections well, go? And um, there won't be. Pr- um, there, there's not going to be programs printed. Uh, I believe he's um, likes to keep that kind of a surprise. But it'll be oh. a very nice mix of um, of um, uh, classical organ literature, and then the second half uh, will uh, be uh, some uh, some lighter fare for uh, for the. Uh, um, you know, for it's a good concert for for those people who you know may not think that they like organ music or may have a view of organ music as somehow stuffy or 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 you know um, scary, scary like Bach, you know, scary snooty. <laughs> but it's, it's going to be a very very varied program, uh, and uh, and we're we're thrilled. Uh, we're very excited to to have him here. That's wonderful, you know, and I always feared, me personally, uh, because our parish, too, in a, a year or two, will be celebrating a significant anniversary. And they said, what could we do mm-hmm. throughout the year, different events, whether it be social mm-hmm. or, you know, a dinner or whatever it might be. But one suggestion that keeps coming up is um, we have a Paragallo pipe organ, uh, three mm-hmm. manual, and they said, let's bring in, so I guess when it was installed, now I've only been there six years, so this is well before for my time, at least 10 or 15 years ago. But when it was installed, Mm -hmm. one of those Paragallo gentlemen, John Jr. or somebody, came and did a recital. He did a concert for the installation of the organ. So they said, let's bring Mm -hmm. him back and have him do it again. And I think that would be wonderful on one hand. But on the other hand, he's going to make that organ sound like nothing I have ever done before. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and then they're going to wonder. Well, that's, that's one thing when I told my when I told my congregation when I started to plug this to to the congregation and try and yeah. get them to come, and and I specifically told them that that if if all you know of the organ is is me, hearing me play it on a Sunday, you ain't heard nothing. <laughs> that's it. That's it. And you know we we do what we need to do, but we're not all those. Um, five-year-old brilliant prodigies, you oh, know. Yes, and, no. Hector, Hector is is a is a um, Hector is a talent on on quite another level. Yeah, th- <laughs> this will be brilliant. And again, people, I encourage you something for everyone. We recently had something at our parish, and it was billed. Uh, like a little bit of an operatic fair. And right away, people mm. would be quick to say, oh, I don't like opera. But I try to encourage yeah. them. You know, you see um, jewelry commercials and you hear the, like the flower duet from Lachme. You hear these beautiful pieces and you don't realize that they mm. come from opera stories and um, mm-hmm. some mm. great arias and, and things you might hear in concert at school that a lot of it is drawn from opera repertoire. And I guarantee, I just mm-hmm. guaranteed the people come, I guarantee you're going to absolutely love it. And we had like light mm. Broadway and you think of things like um even Rodgers and Hammerstein like legitimate Broadway and um Gilbert and Sullivan there's light light arias that are just fun and everybody loved mm. the program and they walked away with a new knowledge like oh I didn't realize that's what it was. So I'm encouraging people to go because again you might have mm. a predetermined connotation what is that organ repertoire but I think you're going to yes. be in for a great surprise a great surprise mm. and I guarantee there'll be something mm. for everyone and you'll learn something mm. right and I'm sure he will take it upon himself to explain the pieces 
that's usually what happens. Oh, I'm sure. Yes. In, oh. in fact, I, I, I asked him a few weeks ago if, if, you know, if he would like me to print up a program, you know, and there will, there will be no programs printed. He told me specifically <laughs> to save the trees. Okay. So, uh, so, <laughs> um, uh, so I, I am sure that he is going to explain everything that, 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 he, that he's going to play. And having heard him perform twice, I can, I can tell you firsthand that he is a, oh. not only a phenomenal performer, but he's an, an engaging personality. He's fun. He's, he's, he's got a wonderful stage presence. There'll be, there'll be something for, for people of, of all ages, young young and old, will be able to take something away from this concert. Oh, that's exciting. You know, it's certainly the king mm-hmm. of instruments. So go and hear all the wonderful sounds that it can make. We're talking with Nick Garrow, and he's the director of music at St. Bartholomew's in East Brunswick. So, Nick, give us the, the specifics and logistics for our listeners who do want to attend tomorrow evening. Okay. Well, um, there there will be there will be tickets sold at the door. It is it is at seven thirty tomorrow evening. Um, and the address of yes, the church. And tickets, tickets will be tickets are sold at the door. They're, they're fifteen dollars each. And um, in Saint Bartholomew's yes, is, is on, anything, on, on Riders Lane. Well, well, we're <laughs> oh, yeah. the address, right? Riders, Riders Lane. Oh, the address. Yes, four seventy Riders Lane in in East Brunswick. Mm-hmm. And it starts at seven thirty. Plenty of parking, yes. if I remember. This huge, vast parking lot. That is correct. We have a very huge parking lot. There should be there should be no trouble trying to find parking. And um, yes, we're very close for those for those sort of people who might be closer to out of town. Um, you know, maybe not live closer to the area, not familiar with East Brunswick. Every feel like everybody knows where Rutgers University is. Well, we're about maybe ten minutes away from them. Mm-hmm. So. There you go. Good. Right. Yeah. Route eighteen, yeah. Route one, mm-hmm. that area up in in, in that part yes. of the Route the one, Route eighteen, yeah, yeah, whole general vicinity. Mm-hmm. Yes, very sure. accessible. All right. Well, Nick. We want to mm-hmm. thank you for joining us, and, and uh, thanks for sharing this uh, wonderful event with us. And, and again, listeners, sure. uh, you, in fact, you can go to our website, too, is at domesticchurchmedia.org on our bulletin board. All the information is there about this event tomorrow evening. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the organ concert by Hector Oliveira at St. Bartholomew's, 470 Riders at Lane in East Brunswick. And Nick Guetta, we want to mm-hmm. thank you for being our guest. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. I very much appreciate coming to coming to talk to you about this. All right. And please stay in touch. Mm-hmm. Let us know if you have other things, especially with Advent and Christmas around the corner or some places mm-hmm. do special um, meditative programs for Lent. So please reach out because people like to Absolutely. attend. You know, it's not too often we get to hear live music performance style. You know, it's one thing on Sunday to be singing with live music at, at our masses, but yeah. to attend a, mm-hmm. a presentation, especially by some of these brilliant musicians. So stay in touch. Absolutely. Will do. Thank you so much. Okay. okay. Thanks, God bless God you. God bless you. All right, friends, you stay where you are. going to come back with more. Don't go away.
God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. All right, that means it's time for our domestic church media forecast. Jim is traveling today, could not be with us. So uh, I'm going to give you the weather. I'll take it. Jim has the weather. This gym. beautiful out there. I can say Is that. It? Much. I don't think I've been out since uh, early this morning. Well, somebody said lately that try to get out and get ten or fifteen minutes of sunshine every day if you can. Mm. And the sun was out, and it was about fifty-two. Today so I took a walk around the block just to get a little touch of sunshine. Well, tonight will be partly cloudy and low around twenty-nine degrees. That's going to be that's cold. Not walking around the block then? No. Tomorrow, uh, plentiful sunshine tomorrow, but colder. High only forty, and uh, low around uh, twenty-seven tomorrow night. So it's going to be a chilly day tomorrow. Sunday, clouds roll in, and it's going to be overcast with a slight chance of rain showers on Sunday, high around 42. Sunday night, showers early, becoming steady rain late, and a low of around 37 degrees, so a damp, cold night on Sunday. And then Monday, showers again, highs around 47. Uh, Tuesday, partly cloudy, high around 51. And then Wednesday, mostly sunny, 52. So there's your day you can go out for a walk on Wednesday. (laughs) I'm going to miss uh, the outside walks. And then the rest of the week, uh, or low, low 50s for Thursday and Friday uh, of next week. So uh, mm. it is November. Thanksgiving is late this year. Um, come, you thankful people, come. Did you recognize that? Good traditional hymn. I've heard that on our Christmas music sets. It's not a Christmas song. Well, it's definitely about, like, Harvest Home and, and Thanksgiving. Mm. I can't – it was um, – Written in England in about the eight mid eighteen hundreds. Yeah. Can you just see pilgrims with hats on singing that, like right before their Thanksgiving? Before the Thanksgiving turkey. <laughs> I mean, to me, it's always been a Thanksgiving. I can't imagine it would be part of any Christmas CD, but unless it was a seasonal, you know, November December kind of holiday CD, I yeah, don't know. But um, it was found in a book called Hymns, both ancient and modern. So that was a modern piece. That was a modern piece? Yeah, so a little bit later, I think we're going to play Be Not Afraid. To me, that's a modern piece. And even then, that's probably, what, from the 80s? I bet Be Not Afraid is from uh, I, I wonder. late 60s, maybe. You know? Yeah. You don't think? Okay, we're going to look it up. 70s. Next... All right, so say the 70s. <laughs> okay, I'm going to find sang it. it. We sang it throughout the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. Always singing that was a popular one. They don't sing that anymore. You don't do they that? do. Well, you know, some places. Funerals. Do. It was a popular one at funerals. No? Absolutely. If you want to go to the top mm-hmm. 10 requested hymns, I mean, it's beautiful. It was certainly John Paul II's theme song, right? Well, yeah, well that was his, uh, his, his, you know, his catchphrase. Yeah, his right. message. Right. Um, Many places still use that music. Uh, I might be unique at ours where they really go for all the. Things similar to, like, Come Ye Thankful People, the real older traditional hymns. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're getting back to the the older stuff, or they're not writing well, new stuff? Well, ev- every parish is different, you know. And, and ultimately, I think the best, not, no one's asked me about this, mm-hmm. but my official opinion on it <laughs> yeah. is all in balance. As later we're going to speak with... Uh, Tom Ty and how, how to be a Catholic hipster. I mean, I can't, I can't imagine you have to swing any which way to the extreme right or the extreme light, left. 
And especially where music is concerned, if you want to have the extraordinary form or you want to have a lot of Latin hymns and chant, offer that at one of maybe your high mass. Maybe Saturday night, do you have a lot of young families? Offer things like Be Not Afraid and On Eagle's Wings and maybe a touch of praise and worship. Have a, a choir mass or a children's mass where there's a certain flavor, all in fair balance. Yeah, I mean, there are some some of those because they're all modern, accepted. more modern hymns are very nice. There, it's a it's a pretty yeah. melody. The words are solid. Yeah, scriptural uh, you text. Might not, some people may, may not like that style, but there's nothing liturgically wrong. There are there is some junk out there too, mm-hmm. new stuff that is just I I, I cringe sometimes when, <laughs> when yeah, I'm at a some mass and I hear music something trite. like oh come on, but, I mean we can, I knew, we can do better than this. I knew people that didn't like a guitar. So they mm-hmm. didn't go to that mass. They went to what right. they knew would be the organ and the choir mass. I think you need to offer the choices. Yeah, I did it for 20 years. I played the guitar. Yes. Yeah, and people came and other people did not come. That's right. Father Doherty, my good friend, Father Doherty, who didn't like guitar music. Right? right? Didn't he used right. to say that? He didn't yeah. like the, He, he liked, liked my choir. He called he, us the Sistine West. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, now you mentioned. Where were we going with all well, that? Well, I don't know. We've been talking about uh, the concert that's tomorrow night, but then you said um, while we were on break there that oh. uh, next Friday is the Feast of St. Cecilia. So we'll, we'll be here. Talk a lot about music next Friday. Okay. So. But now it's time to play Saint of the Day. Saint of the Day. All right, time to play Saint of the Day. And the rules are these. Cheryl is going to read you clues about today's saint, and it's not uh, the liturgical saint of the day. It is the saint that we've chosen to be our particular saint of the day. Listen carefully and uh, write down this number because there's going to come a point when Cheryl's going to say this is the last clue. When she says that, you can give us a call here at 609-493-8255. That's 609-493-8255. But don't call until Cheryl says this is the last clue. 609-493-8255. And take a guess. And uh, somebody always wins Saint of the Day. And there's a prize waiting for you. And... I suppose we have the Catholic Hipster book we can give away, right? That looks like a great book. That yeah. might be today's giveaway if you are watching. There's our, our uh, the author, uh, Tommy Ty, will be on with us next hour to talk mm-hmm. about it. But so you'll neat, hear all about book. the book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So given that, 609-493-8255, let's pray. Let's pray. Yes, let's pray and play <laughs> Saint of the Day. The saint we have chosen for today was born in 1811 in Bohemia, which is now part of the Czech Republic. After finishing college, he entered the seminary and learned to speak eight modern languages fluently in addition to Latin, Greek, and Hebrew. When it came time for ordination, there was a problem. Bohemia had more than enough priests and he could not be ordained. Since, wouldn't it be nice to have that problem today? Mm. Since he had been reading about missionary activities in the United States, he decided to go to America to be ordained. When he arrived in Manhattan, the bishop was very happy to see him, since there were only 36 priests to serve the 200,000 Catholics living in New York and part of New Jersey. He was ordained just 16 days after his arrival. He was sent to Buffalo, New York, 
and asked to work in the country area where he built himself a small log cabin within which to live. The farms in his area were far about and he had to walk long distances to reach his people who were of German, French, Irish, and Scotch descent, so he learned English and Gaelic, now speaking 12 different languages. This saint joined the Redemptorist order and continued his missionary work where he became Bishop of Philadelphia in 1852. He built 50 churches, began building a cathedral, and opened almost 100 schools. During his time as Bishop of Philadelphia, the number of parochial school students grew from 500 to 9,000 and made sure to visit his parishes on a regular basis. He died suddenly of a stroke on January 5th in 1860, was proclaimed a saint by Pope Paul VI in 1977, and now the last clue. 609-493-8255. This saint is known to have started the tradition of 40 hours devotion. Ooh, so some key clues there. Philadelphia, Catholic schools, 40 hours devotion. Redemptorist. Redemptorist. Bishop of Philadelphia, 609-493-8255. If you think you know who today's saint is, give us a call right now. 609-493-TALK. Put those clues together. There's got to be somebody from Bucks County or Philadelphia listening. Sure, because I'll tell you another little hint. You can go and see this saint's body. In, in, in yeah. Well, it's there in the... In the in, in the, in the shrine, shrine. Uh-huh. in Philadelphia. 609-493-8255. Call in and take a guess. Now, this is a local saint, so you got to know this one. This, he was He's one of one of our area here. I know. I'm shocked. I am shocked. Is the, Are the phones plugged in? Ah, some, here we go. Someone's calling. <laughs> I knew someone was calling. Hi, you're on the air. What's your name and where are you calling from? My name's Jack, and I'm calling from North Wildwood. Oh, Jack from North Wildwood. All right. All right, Jack. Who do you think today's saint of the day is? Uh, St. John Newman. Good Very good, Jack. Great job. That is St. John Newman. That's right. Very good. So uh, have you been to the shrine in Philadelphia, Jack? Yes. You have? Okay. Very good. And how's the weather down in North Wildwood today? It's uh, a little cloudy. A little cloudy? Okay. Yeah. A little okay. chilly, I bet. The uh, wind off the ocean, I'm sure. All right. Well, listen, very good. You're correct. That St. John Newman is today's saint of the day. Jack, I'm going to put you on hold. Cheryl's going to uh, come over and, and get your information so we can send you your prize, okay? Okay. Thank you very Thanks much. Thanks for playing. Great, hang on. on. Don't, don't hang up. And, friends, you stay where you are. We're going to come back with more on Friday Live.
Congratulations, Jack, from North Wildwood, uh, who was our winner today of Saint of the Day. And, of course, the day saint we chose was St. John Neumann. And that turned to, out to be his confirmation name. Oh, oh, oh really? Confirmation oh, saint. okay. Good for this him. Is so that's how this works. That's, really this is, that's right. So St. John Neumann calling from heaven. And uh, Jack calls in and wins. That's great. Uh, and we have been to that shrine. But we did have someone on recently about the museum, didn't we? Right. And I'm trying to think... Was the museum specifically about St. John Neumann? Was it about the Catholic faith? You know, and it's no, it's a Neumann shrine, I think. Yeah, it's it's, it's where the school, about, the school, it's in the school, or right because the school closed. No, so did it close? Using, I think I thought it was in like in the school. Mm. But anyway, so it's down there at Fifth and Gerard uh, in Philadelphia. You but can go down and, and see the saint. Yes, you know. Um, but now, you know, extra bonus with the museum there as well. That's right. I thought I thought the story was that, unfortunately, the school had to close. That's, that may be it. I mean, that's very, very possible. And then they made use of that space yeah, in that way. Very possible. But it is down there, 5th and Gerard in, uh, in Philadelphia. Loads of masses every day, confessions. Yeah, and you can see St. John Newman's body there. Right. It's, it's under the altar in, encased in glass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's completely incorrupt. You know, the, the face almost looks like it's wax. Yeah, doesn't, don't they always, though? No, they say St. Bernadette. Did you go there? Did you see St. Bernadette in, in uh, 
Oh, Subaru. Yeah. Yes. You yeah. saw her. Yeah. She's supposed to be like perfect. Yeah. Right? It's but, miraculous, isn't it? Well, it's, uh, I, think, I, I think if they ever exhume Mother Angelica, I think she's going to be incorrupt. Mm. Um, we might not see it in our lifetime. Well, you never know. It'll be, you know, they could start, they could open the cause anyway at five years. I, I, I was surprised. I didn't hear anything at all because it was five years um, on October 3rd. Of, five years of this year that yeah. uh, Father Groeschel passed away. Yeah. And I thought for sure somebody would have opened his cause. Mm-hmm. But I didn't hear anything about it. So, But look at how long it sometimes takes. I mean, here, St. John Neumann was born in 1811, and he was proclaimed a saint in 1977. I mean, it's... Yeah, but look at John Paul. He was great. He's John Paul the Great. That's why he's... he's uh, he was, yeah. he was they, they rushed and mother Teresa too she died in 97 she's a saint already so it's the fast lane to saint yeah yeah but uh and now and I did hear that you know on on route 13 down there in Ben Salem where the uh, Catherine Drexel shrine mm-hmm. was going to be sold but now I think someone saved it did they really yeah although her body is still is now at the cathedral and they're gonna leave her body there okay I'm not going to bring it back over to the shrine. Yeah. Right. Um, hmm. But I did hear that those those grounds now, someone stepped in, someone with a lot of money stepped in. I wonder what they're going to do there. I, I think it's going to be a, a, a Drexel shrine, hmm. but it's just not, you know, it's it's private. It was a private donation. Wow. They were going to sell, and it's beautiful property down there. Oh, they're I know, and it's a lot of property. A lot of property. Um, they had a, a home there for aged sisters. And- mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And of course, her body was there. But then, when they decided to sell it, they moved the body to the there's, cathedral. There's a beautiful shrine at the cathedral in Philadelphia now. Now, oh, you've been there? Yes. Oh, yeah. So when you first walk into the cathedral, enter the church, and immediately go to your left. Of course, there was along- a side chapel there. Isn't there a little side chapel there at the cathedral? A smaller? Well, yes, but it's it's not connected. Oh, with it's that. not. It's, okay. it's literally right next to the front main entryway. You have to go left, and again, look, it's like on the facade of the front of the church. Oh, but it's really? beautiful. They have several pews there, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's beautiful. And, of course, there's always those side altars in any cathedral, six, eight, however they go. Mm-hmm. So this is one of the larger ones on your immediate left. It's you were down in Washington on Saturday. You saw the uh, I went to the National Basilica. Shrine of Immaculate Conception. Oh, my gosh. It's been years since I've been there. And they re- and you didn't see scary Jesus there up in the, uh, over you know, above the altar? You know, I was so enthralled because they redid the ceiling in the rotunda. Yeah. And it was so brilliantly beautiful. And I just didn't remember. And maybe I'm just in a different place, whether it's appreciation he's, of I say art. scary Jesus because he's, he's, he's like, he looks like he's angry. Like he's mad. I have to tell you, I, I didn't really focus on that. I pro- I'm sure I saw the cross, but immediately my eyes were drawn to the ceilings mm-hmm. and then all the side altars and Mary from every nation, even to some places you've never even heard of, you know, or Mary of some little Falcon Island all, or something. All along the way. In all the, yeah. along. And then mm-hmm. the downstairs, amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had items there, museum-like, you know, like St. Mm-hmm. Benedict's. Cope or another bishop's hat or a chalice from oh, someone yeah. else or a kneeler from when St. John Paul was somewhere, you know, nearby. So there's a lot of things to see, but there's a crypt church that I don't ever remember going in to see the crypt church. Dark, peaceful. Hmm. Oh, it's so beautiful. But And St. Cecilia, there's a beautiful um, 
tactile depiction of St. Cecilia there. You could spend hours just praying at every well, single... Well, every, is it every year, every other year they have a pilgrimage to the, with the bishop? many dioceses yeah, who will take yeah. their people there and have mass. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. But, you know, we were talking about another pilgrimage, so I want to hear from someone. Text me. Give a phone number. 609-493-8255. <laughs> you can text to that number, 609-493-8255. And what do you want to hear from I wonder what you think about this, because we recently had the pilgrimage to Canada. So we, we stayed on land. We didn't fly anywhere. We took a bus. And somebody said, maybe another bus trip, because the response was overwhelming. And we weren't gone that long. Mm. And again, you didn't have to fly to Europe. It wasn't a huge project. This is even a smaller one. You're looking at three, maybe three days. If we left this area and went to Emmitsburg, Maryland, there's the uh, seminary there Mm. and St. Mary's College with the Lord's Grotto. And they say the chapel is beautiful. I'm sure we could plug into maybe a talk by someone or a concert by the seminarians or something. But to visit Emmitsburg, because I've never been there, and people say, oh, it's so close and it's such a treasure. Then go to two cathedrals in Baltimore. The first, um, the Cathedral Basilica of Baltimore, because that's the first church in the United States, or the first cathedral in the United States. But then remember, on North Charles Street, there was the Cathedral of Mary, our Queen. We did a wedding there. Oh, I do it remember doing the wedding. Gothic architecture. Yeah, I do remember doing the wedding. Yeah. And so they too, they have tours of that Marian oh, church. Oh, they do. And then down to the shrine in Washington. Down, okay. So Emmitsburg, so, Baltimore, and DC. All right. So you can text Cheryl if you're interested in. Uh, what do you think? Input six zero nine four nine three eight two five five. That's six zero nine four nine three eight two five five. If you have any thoughts on that, you can uh, text to that number. Um, and then we also talked about, because we're waiting, we haven't heard about the Sheen beatification. Yeah, we're talking about saints. But I'm, I'm hoping that when uh, Sheen is beatified, I'm going to assume now it's going to be in the spring or summer of next year that we can we can get out there. So 609-493-8255. You can text us at that number with any comments or questions. We're going to take a quick break. Come back with our gospel for this coming Sunday. And the reflection today is by our friend, Father Chris Rogers. So stay where you are, friends. More to come on Friday Live.
Hi, this is Lynn Dio, founder of the Family Policy Council with today's New Jersey Family Minute on marijuana legalization in youth. The impact of youth in states that have legalized recreational marijuana is catastrophic. Marijuana is the number one substance now found in suicides of young people in Colorado. And Colorado has seen a spike in marijuana-related emergency room visits for youth, and they lead the nation in first-time marijuana use for minors. Recently, Jerome James, the U.S. Surgeon General, released an urgent advisory on the effect marijuana has on brain development in youth. New Jersey state lawmakers disregard for the health of our youth to enrich a billion-dollar entrepreneur is morally unacceptable. The mission of the New Jersey Family Policy Council is to offer educational seminars, research information, and programs to help build strong families. For the New Jersey Family Policy Council, this is Bob Dittmer. Welcome to Catholic Answers Live, the program where you participate with your questions about apologetics and evangelization. The question I was wondering about, could you talk a little bit about the authority of the Jewish leaders before Christ? I'm a convert to the church. One of the things that is biggest with this friend of mine is we should not have to confess sins to a priest. Everyone has questions. Catholics have answers. Catholic Answers Live, weeknights at 6, right here where you are family. Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's 6 billion people, and we got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic Radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by that. Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628, or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. I might have gone to church, you know, at Christmas time, gradually quit going. It's not as scary as I thought it was. <laughs> it's a much more warm and open place, and God really is about love. It's not about the rules and the things that I remember as a young child. It really is about the love that God has for each one of us that's so um, deep and wonderful. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. You know, on many of you who have not been to confession for years, I make a bet it's on nothing. You're ashamed. There's nothing you could tell a priest he hasn't heard before. You don't want him to know who you are. Go to another city. Go to another state. Who's going to know who you are? God knows who you are. So all of these things that we're so afraid of, people's opinion, it doesn't mean anything. You know what our dear Lord said about other people's opinion? The opinion of men mean nothing to me. I always wondered how the liberals are going to interpret that inclusive language. <laughs> they wouldn't dare say the opinion of women don't mean anything to me. It must be the opinions of people. Whatever it is, opinion 
made nothing to him. Why? The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Would you like to find out more about parish events and devotions, prayer group and school activities in your area? Then check out the Catholic Community Bulletin Board on our website. You'll find up-to-date information about events happening throughout our listening area. Go to domesticchurchmedia.org slash Catholic Bulletin Board. If you have an event you'd like us to promote, you can post it there as well. Go to domesticchurchmedia.org slash Catholic Bulletin Board. This is WFJS 1260 AM Trenton, WFJS 89.3 FM Freehold, WGYM 1580 AM Hamilton, and WSMJ 91.9 FM North Wildwood, Cape May. Communicating hope on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Welcome back. Another hour of Friday Live, friends, on this uh, Friday, November uh, 15th. And uh, I'm Jim. And I'm still Cheryl. Well, I don't know. Today I was just, I was getting a little tired today. You know, we do this program the last thing, this is the last thing we do all week long. (laughs) (laughs) Probably should be the first thing we do on Monday. Be a little bit more awake as we get older. I don't know. I don't know. I'm having a hard time this year, particularly with, um, now the time change was two weeks ago, but this getting dark so early five ish mm. and i just feel like okay last night and i had a i had a long busy day but i thought i am so ready to crash out it was only 5 30 and i really felt like i could have gone to sleep but I don't they know still make geritol <laughs> <laughs> i know i'm gonna look into something they used to advertise geritol on the lawrence wilkes show i, mean. <laughs> I wonder why all the oldsters were now we're now we are the oldsters Vitamin B or vitamin 12, or like I said, the gentleman was telling me, he goes, I, he goes I, I guarantee you, every day, try to get out in the sun for 10 or 15 minutes. I know they make these special lamps that you can sit in front of some sort of light in your, like at your kitchen, <laughs> what looks like a makeup mirror. But, and what, is it supposed to keep you awake? Well, I think it's a mood booster, but it's something about, like, that you're the not light. getting that, listen, do you hear that outside? I have my headphones on. Oh, okay. I wonder. I'm just hearing a lot of sirens. So, just a quick you prayer smell, for. Smell smoke. Fire. I don't know. It could be an ambulance or something. I just. Mm. I don't know. But anyway. Anyway, so we're gonna uh, pray the gospel for this Sunday. Then our friend, uh, Father Chris Rogers, will give us his reflection for this. We're getting toward the end of liturgical year. I guess next next weekend, right? Next weekend. Christ the well, King. Heading into my favorite. The twenty second, Saint Cecilia, but then it's Christ the King Sunday. A week so from it's so, so the, that's the end, end of the liturgical year. The last Sunday in the liturgical but year. But the year goes through Saturday before the first Sunday of Advent, right? Right. So right. it's still, even though it's the last Sunday of you the liturgical year, you still Monday have the last Monday, the last, the liturgy, yeah, yeah, the last weekdays. Yeah. But we talk about you'll hear today's gospel about the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The end is near. So anyway. Well, on that joyful thought. Yeah, we'll pray uh, the gospel, and then Father Chris Rogers will give us his reflection. And before you know it, it's Advent. So anytime you're ready, we can go. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. 
While some people were speaking about how the temple was adorned with costly stones and votive offerings, Jesus said, All that you see here, the days will come when there will not be left a stone upon another stone that will not be thrown down. Then they asked him, Teacher, when will this happen? And what sign will there be when all these things are about to happen? He answered, See that you not be deceived, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time has come. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for such things must happen first, but it will not immediately be the end. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be powerful earthquakes, famines, and plagues from place to place, and awesome sights and mighty signs will come from the sky. Before all this happens, however, they will seize and persecute you. They will hand you over to the synagogues, synagogues and to prisons, and they will have you led before kings and governors because of my name. It will lead to your giving testimony. Remember, you are not to prepare your defense beforehand, for I myself shall give you a wisdom in speaking that all your adversaries will be powerless to resist or refute. You will even be handed over by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair on your head will be destroyed. By your perseverance, you will secure your lives. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Greetings, everyone, and praise be Jesus Christ. This weekend, we arrive at the last ordinary Sunday of our church year. Next week, we come to the last Sunday of the church year, that beautiful solemnity of Christ the King. But this week, we have this ordinary Sunday. And as is ordinary at this time of the church year, we hear about the end of the world. We reflect on the end of time, the end of all things. We'll hear this theme in all of the readings. Very often, whenever we speak of the end times, that conversation is accompanied with various punctuation marks. Maybe it's the exclamation point, and there's a lot of drama, there's a lot of excitement or panic. It's the end of the time, the Lord is coming, exclamation point. Sometimes it's accompanied by a question mark, and we start asking questions. When will this happen? How will it happen? And that can instill a lot of wonder or anxiety. The question mark points to the unknown. But this year, as we hear these readings, I'd like to propose that we stick with the period. That the punctuation mark appropriate for these end of time gospels is the simple period. Because over and over again, in speaking of these times, God is making a declaration. And he's declaring a simple fact that the end will come. 
that we live in a finite world and you and I's time in this world is finite. And that period, that declaration of the end of time can bring great freedom. It can bring great peace. And for those with faith, this declaration is accompanied with a beautiful promise. Actually, many promises. But we hear one of them in the first reading. It's Old Testament. It's the prophet Malachi. And he says this, For those who fear my name, there will arise the Son of Justice with its healing ray. Isn't that beautiful? That in the midst of these end times, in the midst of these crises of disasters, in the very midst of it, God makes this beautiful promise that those who fear my name, there will arise the Son of Justice with its healing ray. My friends, that promise is to be received. And it calls forth from us a persevering in that promise of God, in that word of God, in that declaration that he made to all of us. Our gospel this weekend ends with that word of perseverance. He says, by your perseverance, you will save your very lives. Perseverance in what? Perseverance in knowing the promise of God. And that perseverance is expressed through an ordered way of life. In the second reading, St. Paul is speaking, and he's saying, don't be disordered, don't be busy bodies, but order your bodies according to the promise of the Lord. My friends, these are beautiful things to think about. These are declarations from Almighty God, declarations of fact, accompanied by his promise, which give us reason to hope, reason to order our lives in such a way that we are no longer disordered and we are moving more and more into his kingdom. As we come to the end of this church year, let us thank God for what he has begun and let us pray with his grace to continue into ever new beginnings. God bless you. Speak your
Excuse me, one of those oldies but goodies? Is that what we're calling that now? Doesn't she do a beautiful job? That was Renee Bondi. Oh, we were going to look that up. I'm sorry, I got, I had a look phone call when that was out. Oh, when it was out. So we can call it a <clears throat> um, contemporary hymn, but what is contemporary? 20, 30 anymore. years. You know? You know, anymore. What is I'm, contemporary? I'm going to look it up. I'm going to say, I, this. my prediction is 1978. Yeah, because that was the time of St. Louis Jesuits. Dan, shoot. God bless you. No, I didn't sneeze. It was a cough. A sneeze, you would know. St. Joseph would have blown over here on the on the podium here if I sneezed. Well, why does this say, be not afraid? That wasn't by John Michael Talbot. No. So he must have his own. Huh. Well. Anyway, this is yeah, dead, while, yeah, dead while, air yeah, while, while I'm looking while this you're up. looking that up. Put the phone down. <laughs> I, I want to know when. Um, okay. I uh, don't you have the music somewhere? Yes, but go ahead. We're we're live on the radio. I, 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 on I know. I want to say that uh, we're talking about being not afraid. Jesus says, "Don't be afraid." But there are such things as phobias. <laughs> oh. I I sense a serious conversation coming. I did. I, I was funny. I was watching. I was watching Johnny Carson last night because I like. I, I you know on the antenna TV every night at ten o'clock. The old Johnny Carson shows are on. And Is that they're, the they're, Me channel? Me TV or Antenna something? TV. And, you know, I mean, everybody who, Johnny himself, they're all, they've all passed on. They all, you know, it, but it was, it was a, a, it was a more innocent time. So the humor mm. is more innocent. And anyway, they were talking about phobias. And I thought, you know, I have a phobia. You know what my phobia is? You know what? Well, fear of heights. Heights. I can't, heights. And the older I get, the worse it gets. And uh, and fear of heights is called acrophobia. Acrophobia. Do you have any any phobias? I, I feel like well, arachnidphobia. So that spiders. Mm-hmm. Is that the proper name? I don't know. I, I didn't get to that one yet. But I, I so I, I anyway I looked up. But not to the point where I don't know. Like if I'm watching television, mm-hmm. and there's a shot of like uh, the Grand uh, Canyon uh, or something, my my knees get weak. Just watching it on TV. Yeah, probably me like spiders and snakes. That's like a girly thing. That was a. Uh, was it, I, I don't, don't like, like spiders, spiders and snakes. Jim Croce. <laughs> no, it wasn't Jim Croce. It was. Uh, I can't also, the seventies. Anyway, but I so I found this list. <laughs> okay. And I just just the 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 um, the roots of the word might give it away. Some not though. Um, so I said acrophobia is fear of heights. I don't know why acrophobia is fear of heights. Um, aerophobia, A-E-R-O-phobia. Would that be the fear of flying? Yes. See, that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some of these might not make sense. No, some may not. <laughs> Here's one, agoraphobia. Oh, that sounds so familiar. Agoraphobia, fear of spaces or crowds. Huh. I never heard of that one. Um, amoxophobia, amoxophobia, fear of riding in a car. I was going to say, like fear of penicillin, right? <laughs> Amoxicillin. How about androphobia? Androphobia. Of outer space. Fear of men. Fear of men. This one, I don't know how you live with this one. Anthrophobia. Fear of breathing. Fear of flowers. <laughs> fear of flowers. Oh, yeah, there's a problem there. <laughs> it's called anthrophobia. Fear of flowers. How could you be afraid of a flower? Here's what I'm going to take my time reading this one. Um, arachibutyrophobia, arachibutyrophobia, 
fear of peanut butter. <laughs> I can see an allergy. No, this is fear. These aren't allergies. Oh, wait, does everything start with an A? Or no, this is just this just the A list. <laughs> just the A list. <laughs> These are great. Arachnophobia is fear of spiders. You were mm. right on that. Mm. Arithmophobia. Fear of math. Fear of numbers. No. <laughs> what do you, well, how do you, how do you, do you live with that one? Don't um, balance your checkbook. Oh, here's one. Now, here's what this. You probably have this one. Ataxophobia. Fear of disorder or untidiness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. You go crazy when you see that stuff. Oh, yes. Um, Things have to be, everything has its place. I'll move on to the B section. Here's one bacteriophobia. Oh, my Makes sense, right? Fear mm-hmm. of bacteria. How about barophobia? <laughs> Barrow, B A R O phobia. Well, I think right away barometric pressure. So, or th- getting close. Not, it's not fear like of fear of dropping temperatures, humidity, fear of gravity, <laughs> fear of. There's such a thing as fear of gravity. Barophobia. I mean, how, how do they? Who has that? Right. You know, it's like a, I'm, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Um, Belon, Belonophobia. Belonophobia. Fear of pins and needles. Mm. Oh. Uh, catoptrophobia, catoptrophobia. Fear Fear of of not being able to pronounce phobias. Fear of mirrors. (laughs) Mm. Chionophobia. Fear of snow. These are all real. It's on. It's on this like psychological list of phobias. Wow. There. How many are there? I mean, if you're only hitting. I have this one. Here's one I have. Sinophobia. I have that. Sinophobia. Fear of dogs. I don't. I'm, I if I hear a you dog do. bark, I, I get I right. tense up because right. I was bitten th- twice when I was a, sure. ch- a child. And a lot of this, I think, has to stem from some childhood or early age traumatic experience, right? Yeah, like, or, and it's learned behavior. I can only relate to when we were over the um, grandbaby's home. And they were outside, and Mom saw a wasp or something flying near the little, you know, little Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And it was all like, "Don't overreact," you know, because you don't want to teach them right these because fears. they'll see if Mommy's afraid. Of, I have to be afraid of this. Then that means I have to be afraid of this. So she was trying to be cool, calm, and collected when I knew she was going to be jumping out of her skin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Dentophobia. Fear of the dentist. That's right. Dentophobia. Sign so me up such for a that thing. one. Okay. I think everybody has that oh, at one yeah. point. Um, Elurophobia, elurophobia, E-L-U-R-O phobia, elurophobia, hmm. fear of cats. Well, what about if you hate cats like you? I don't hate cats. <laughs> you hate my cat. No, I just, I just, I'm not a cat person. I would never <laughs> hurt your cat. I would never hurt your cat, but I'm not going to pet it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fair. That's fair. Right? That's the trade-off. Poor cat thinks I'm not going to pet it or feed it, but I, I don't hate it. I wouldn't hurt it. She thinks her name is Get Out of Here. Get Out of Here. That's right. Um, how about uh, equinophobia? That makes sense. A fear of horses. Right. Um, ephibiphobia. Ephibiphobia. Fear of teenagers. Well, that's valid. <laughs> <laughs> right? Here's one that probably a lot of millennial men suffer from. Gamophobia. Oh, you can't uh, commit? Fear of, of marriage. Mm. Wow. Let's see. Mm. Uh, heliophobia. Fear of the sun. 
Talk about you have to go out and get sun. If you, if you have heliophobia, you can't do that. You're not going to do it. No. Wow. Um, <laughs> let's see. It's uh, one thing It's one thing to dislike or, again, have an I, allergic reaction so you're afraid because mm. you don't want to have an allergic, but to actually fear that object itself. But I guess people, there are very, very few a number who have, yeah. like, here's microphobia, fear of small things. Hmm. Mysophobia, M-Y-S-O-phobia, mysophobia. And a lot of people have this fear of of dirt and germs. Yeah. Right? People say they're germophobic. Right, right. But the official name is mysophobia. Yeah, yeah. Mysophobia. Um, Noctophobia. Fear of the night? Yeah, fear of the night. Noctophobia. Um, Ombrophobia. (laughs) Fear of rain. Huh. Oh, papyrophobia. Papyrophobia. Like fear of paper? Yeah, fear, <laughs> fear of paper. This is real stuff. I'm not making this up. I Philophobia. Be. Fear of love. Mm. Uh, oh, here. Uh, patero, patero, pterodophobia. Pterodophobia. Fear of ferns. Mm. Ferns. I can't really I can't even identify that. a fern. <laughs> no one's fear one. Uh, Fascinating, though, isn't, isn't it, though, to think that all of these things, you know, they truly exist and they're, they're right. not making them up. Yeah. Anyway, you can look it up. You can just just Google. Phobias. List of phobias, and they're all here. And I was, you know, I know people have, like, I again, people, and you try, I often think, how could I ever, and I, it wasn't always that bad. Like, I remember driving, we were, we, you know, we were in... Um, you're thinking of Arizona? I'm thinking, well, I'm thinking of when we, early, early, like we went to California and you drive down the Pacific Coast Highway. Oh, this is years ago. Now. And, you know, you're right on the edge in the cliff. I mean, I did that. No I, No problem. Right. But the last time we went to Phoenix, or not the last time, but one time we went to Arizona and we went up into the Superstition Mountains and we were on the same type of thing and my, my knuckles were white. I just, it just, it scared the, yeah. you know, what out of me. I was like, yeah. whoa. Yeah. So the older I get... The worst. There must be something. I don't know. Hypnotism. I, I don't know. I don't know. But and is that a learned? You know, is it a learned? Uh, so think phobia? back. To, did you travel with your parents? Was your father driving? My mother was. My mother was afraid of heights. But I wasn't when I was younger. So I would think that I would have been. But maybe, mm, maybe not. I don't know. I think the older I get, the more I have fear of falling. <laughs> <laughs> you mean like last week when you fell out of the chair? <laughs> I fell out of the chair, and I fell down one time this week. I fell. You were you weren't home. This, you're making a habit of this. I was in the garage, and I was getting something. I was taking to take out the garbage cans, and I I, I took I stepped backward. I guess I stepped on something, <laughs> and I'm just sitting on the garage floor, laughing. Just Good keep, thing you still bounce. I just keep you know that's probably it. I keep saying I should lose some weight, but I probably shouldn't. That's what's no, cushioning this, me. Yeah, yeah. Bouncing around, otherwise you'd be breaking down. bones. I know. So anyway. Those well, be the, careful. What can I tell you? Those are the phobias. Uh, well, Tommy. How about fear of falling down? I didn't see that one. I'm sure there is. There something. probably is one there, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't see that one on the list, but there, there is. I'll look it up. On Catastrophobia. Fallophobia. <laughs> Fallophobia. <laughs> okay, so serious. What's happening next? Tommy's going to join us in just a bit. Tommy yes. Ty. He's written a book uh, called uh, Catholic Hipster. The mm-hmm. Catholic Hipster. The next level. So this is like part two. That's right. So we'll take a break and come back with Tommy Ty. Don't go away. There's more to come on Friday Live. 
Welcome back, and we're happy to have you join us on this uh, beautiful Friday. Joining us now um, is Tommy Ty, and he's written a book called The Catholic Hipster, The Next Level, kind of a, uh, a sequel, I guess, to uh, your previous book, Tommy, was the uh, uh, author of The Catholic Hipster Handbook. So welcome to the uh, program. Oh, I want to mention also it's published by 
Ave Maria Press. So welcome to the program. Happy to have you joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm so blessed to be with you guys. Well, I'm anxious to hear about this book because it sounds like it's cool to be Catholic. <laughs> I would say it is cool to be Catholic, right? Because well, we're just so different from everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> so we just need to turn the social tide, you know, like it's it's not the most... Um, promoted thing out there in the secular world. So tell us first the inspiration behind the book and how this kind of developed. Sure. So the, the first book was really trying to catch on to that um, secular trend of people who were kind of trying to be countercultural, you know, people who were deciding to become butchers instead of working in IT or people who were deciding to make their own furniture instead of buy it, right? Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to get across the idea that uh, being Catholic, especially in, you know, the United States at this time in history is probably one of the most countercultural things you can be. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the general idea of the first book. And then this book is sort of trying to take it, like it says, to the next level and show people ways that you can actually put your kind of cool faith into action in our communities and our parishes and online. That's kind of the whole the whole purpose of it. Well, I noticed now you have a number of contributors who have uh, helped out with this book. Tell us, our listeners a little bit about how the book is set up, and it, each, it seems to have a, a, a theme and a structure to each uh, each chapter and each, each um, person's contribution. That's right. So the first, it's, it's split up into sections, and it has little like, bite-sized contributions that would probably take, you know, anywhere from like 10 to 15 minutes to read. Um, and it's split up into a few parts, living the faith, living with hope, and living with love. Uh, and so we kind of put the contributions under those categories. And then each section has like like kind of a, you know, a contribution of like an article, something about like, um, you know, the divine mercy, right? And then following that would be a specific saint that's related to the article and maybe a prayer that someone has forgotten that used to be prayed by our grandparents or our great-grandparents that we don't know so much anymore. And then it wraps up with a way to put what you learned into action, like to get your hands dirty and literally like live it out. So the saints, um, a good number of them are, are saints that I was not familiar with. Um, is there a reason for doing that? I think, you know, the treasury of saints is so huge and so vast, and so many of them are just inspiring to us, but we kind of just run across the same ones over and over again, right? The ones who are on the calendar that kind of repeat the St. Francis's, the St. Clair's, like the ones we hear all the time. Mm-hmm. So we really wanted to take some that people hadn't really heard of and uh, show them what their life was about, because you, you run into some, um, and it's like, wow, this person really connects with me, and I never had heard of them before, just because we're so used to kind of the common ones that we all talk about. So that's what we're trying to do is dig up some that maybe people don't don't talk about from, uh, you know, people who are just sitting up in heaven waiting for someone to ask for their intercession. <laughs> maybe we'll spark a little bit of busyness for them. <laughs> that's right, because the line by St. Therese and St. Anthony is so darn long. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so it's a teaching book as well, especially we have so many listeners that really— um, love the lives of the saints, and they delve into reading and research. So here's another book to add to their collection. Well, and I think oh, what, definitely. what I enjoy about it is that you, you can just take it in, in, in short snippets. You don't have to, you know, it's not like you have to go through the whole book at once. And I was, I was just sitting here in the studio before the interview a little earlier uh, reading the, the uh, little section on guitars and organs, uh, by Matthew <laughs> Matthew Sewell, and of course it, it, it struck home for me because Cheryl's a, a music director in her par- in our parish and has been a music director for 30 years and has certainly seen a transformation from the Oregon Catholic Press hymnals to 
uh, other hymnals and, and styles of music. It was it was very interesting how it's 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 okay really. You know, you really can deep down kind of like uh, "Be Not Afraid" and "On Eagles' Wings," even though some people may think, "Oh, that's you know, it's 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 schmaltz." And so it was very interesting to see. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that section. Yeah, I really like uh, part of the book is a sort of uh, show that like everything you see on the Catholic Internet about what we're supposed to like or not like isn't necessarily the only way to be right. Because I think mm-hmm. if you hang out in Catholic social media, you think, well, we only like Gregorian chant and Latin mass. And those things are obviously beautiful. And the tradition in the church is remarkable. But, you know, some people can feel alienated by that. So we also want to say it's OK. It's a big tent. The church is big. And, you know, you can like you can like uh, Eagle's Wings if you want. <laughs> I always thought, you know, when, when he was alive, God rest his soul, he's been gone now 20 years. I thought On Eagle's Wings would have been a great song for Sinatra to sing with a full orchestra. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. That's a great call. Yeah. Imagine, imagine him singing that song. What a, what a great tie-in between the, the secular culture and the church uh, with a big full, a full orchestra. It'd be great. Um, so who are, you, who are you hoping to reach with the book, uh, Tommy? Oh, sure. So I'm trying to reach. Uh, who don't necessarily go to church every week, right? The people who are sort of like Catholic, but maybe don't feel as connected to their faith. Obviously, there's going to be things in here that appeal to, to, you know, those of us who are sort of all in with the Catholic faith. But I really wanted to have a book that, you know, people who maybe grew up Catholic, but stopped going to church, or maybe just go on the holidays, or they haven't baptized their kid yet because they don't see the importance. A book that they would look at and say, Oh, wow, that's interesting. There's a picture of that Dorothy Day lady getting arrested on the cover of this Catholic book. Maybe I'll pick it up and I'll, I'll check it out, because that's different than what I'm used to seeing. Mm-hmm. So I really want to just have it be a welcoming book that anybody can pick up, you know, that parents can buy for their, their teenagers and 20-something kids, and they won't just immediately throw it on the bookshelf, but might actually crack it open. We're talking with Tommy Tai. He's written a book called uh, The Catholic Hipster, The Next Level. Uh, kind of a follow-up to his first book, uh, The Catholic Hipster Handbook. It's published by Ave Maria Press. That's AveMariaPress.com. And did you have a favorite—I uh, know you yourself contributed, obviously, throughout the book, but did you have favorite other uh, contributors that, that really struck you or hit a place in your heart as you were reading it? Oh, most definitely, yeah. I'm probably the least uh, author of any of these beautiful people who helped me, so I'm so glad they came along through the journey. Um, Father Damien Ferentz is a, a wonderful priest that some people who are involved in Catholic social media might know, and he uh, is a like a Flannery O'Connor scholar and actually really got me into Flannery O'Connor just by sharing kind of her wit, wisdom, and the way that she kind of shares the faith in a raw and gritty way. So that was just so touching to me. You know, it really... Um, learning about her and starting to read her short stories is just it's fantastic. Because sometimes, I don't know about anybody else, but when I'm reading Catholicism, I'm usually reading nonfiction. And so it's really neat to kind of read short stories of fiction with like this deep Catholic theology behind them. Mm-hmm. And also I have to hand it to Haley Stewart, one of the contributors that a lot of people might know from her podcast and her uh, events that she does, because she's an actual hipster. She's actually living that uh, lifestyle that, you know, the title of the book described to. So I always like to look to her and see what she's doing that's so cool. Now, you mentioned the word again, it's in the, in the title of the book, hipster. Uh, we're we're kind of old baby boomers. So can you maybe kind of define for us, when you say hipster, is that is that a term that maybe is, is familiar with people that I wouldn't know right now? Or is that is that something you made up? Or? <laughs> I think it meant something different, like back in the, in the 60s. Yeah. Right, to but be it's hip. Like today, it's, it's, yeah, just to be hip, right? But today I think people throw it around as like a, a term for people who uh, maybe look a certain way. We were like, have a beard and have beanies and drink artisanal coffee and drink craft beer and, and uh, you know, are trying to get into woodworking. 
and things like that, kind of doing things the old-fashioned way. Yeah, they were, well, they were called they were, they, were, they were called hippies. <laughs> in my in my day, they were called hippies. And they all live in Vermont, by the way, now. So That's they're, right. They're all... <laughs> oh, they moved. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they all moved to Vermont. <laughs> That's where they went. And maybe parts of California. <laughs> there you go. They're making yeah, it around. Yeah, they're out here, too. They are. Now you're you're relatively. I, mean, I see a picture of you. You're a relatively young man. Uh, so so uh, now as I said, we we kind of grew up during the transition back in the '60s when everything changed. I always like to make the connection, you know, when and I remember 1960, you know, and I remember 1969 and how it, it did a 180 degree mm. churn, you know, in those t- ten short years culturally, but also the church. You know, I I lived through. I my, made my first sacraments, you know, in in the Latin Mass, and by 1969 we were singing we were singing "Let It Be" at Mass, you know, with, <laughs> with the guitar. So quite quite a change. Um, so what what are we, what's your observation about the church today? And this obviously is a book that you're trying to appeal to, a, as you said, a wide variety of of Catholics. But what where where do you see the church today? In in, in the as as we continue to move forward under the especially under the pontificate of Pope Francis. Most definitely. So I, I think uh, I'm a cradle Catholic, so I've always been Catholic. My dad was in high school seminary. My mom had two sisters who were who were religious nuns. Um, so the faith's always been very close to me. And probably like most people, when I went to college, the you know I kind of drifted away a little bit, but never stopped going to mass. Um, and I think there's a lot of people who had like a reversion experience. Like when I reverted back to the faith, I was like, you know, it's got to be this way, it's got to be that way, we got to do the traditional thing. And I was probably a really annoying person to be around for a few years. Um, but something that's helped me as I've moved along is to see how the faith appeals to so many different people in so many different ways. So I'm pretty comfortable going to a Latin Mass. I'm pretty comfortable going to, you know, we stand and reach across the aisles, hold hands during the Our Father. I see that, that the faith connects with different people in different ways. And if we only force ourselves to do it one way, it's really we're going to miss a lot of people who would otherwise be brought to Christ by holding hands. Maybe I personally don't like holding hands, but I know there's a lot of people who do and feel connected <laughs> in that way. And so it's great that we have this like vast treasury of different spiritualities, different presentations of the you know the liturgy that are valid but can touch different people. So depending on where you're coming from, you can really find your home in the Catholic Church. You know, within I mean, in California, here where I live, there's 25 parishes within a half an hour drive of where I live, right? So mm-hmm. you can really find a place to connect. And I think with Pope Francis, the place that we're going that appeals to so many people my age and people younger is we're really starting to see that the faith is not just something we go to Mass on Sundays and don't do anything else about. And I think that really is the thing that sparks a lot of us younger people, is that Christ calls us to do something, right? Like our faith is supposed to inspire us to live a life in a certain way so that people see us being different. Um, and the church starting to tell us more openly what to do or give opportunities to like do those things. It's going to make a huge difference for people who um, see the value in being Christ to those who are oppressed or less fortunate, right? If we can live that out, we're going to catch a lot of people. And I think that nothing but goodness can come from that. Right. Well, he, again, the Holy Father has, has spoken often and I, at three different terms it really jumped out at me along the, the years of his pontificate is that he number one said the church needs to be a field hospital. We need to go out into right. the, into the battle and, and be where the the wounded are, and also to go out into the peripheries and told young people to get their hands dirty, get out mm-hmm. there and mix things up, right? And get them, right? So, so uh, I, it's 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 a great book. Again, uh, Tommy Ty has written a book called The Catholic Hipster: The Next Level. It's published by Ave Maria Press. It's AveMariaPress.com. 
and, and Tommy, I, and the, of course, your first book was called The Catholic Hipster Handbook. So, uh, friends, you can also check that out. Uh, Tommy, you're, you're, you've written these the, the two books, and but I know you have a you're, you have a a, a, a day job. Is that right? That's right, yeah. <laughs> so you're I'm sitting in the parking lot right now. <laughs> on your on your lunch break, I'm Aww. sure. But which is great. Right, and, yeah. and, and and it's a way I think it's yeah. a it's a great great witness in in that even though you're called to a particular vocation that you're still living your faith and the Lord is calling you in this way to to author these books. So we thank you for that. Um curious. Well, yeah, thank you. That's so nice of you. Curious. Now I, I don't know where you work and, and you know whether or not we, we say, but whatever. Have you ever had a moment where something in the book actually um, like sparked you to bring it into the workplace? Uh, so, you know, I work for the Catholic Church. I'm immersed 24-7 in all things Catholic with Catholic friends, and, you know, it's just full immersion. But I know people that work out in the um, secular world, you know, whether it's big Fortune 500 companies or just in the mall or whatever they do, maybe right, there right. was there ever a moment where you thought, okay, Chapter 4, put it into effect? <laughs> Most definitely, and I work for local government, so it's very like a non-religious environment that we work oh, in. Oh, jeez. But we, we talk a little bit in the book about, um, you know, how does somebody know that you're Catholic? Um, let's say somebody comes over to your house just to kind of come over for dinner, just friends. They know that you're Catholic, right? That's something right. that we cover in some of the chapters of the book. And and how, how would they, right? Like, you have to have religious art or crucifixes or, you know, holy water by the front door, like these little things that help remind you of your faith, but also people come in kind of knowing what's up. Mm. And so uh, at work, I've tried to do that. Like, well, we're not, a, I'm not like uh, really supposed to be going around evangelizing to people. I have like a little crucifix on my desk, a little mm. image of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And that just sitting on my desk has sparked so many uh, coworkers to just ask about it. Mm. And, you know, people to tell me, well, I used to be Catholic and then this and this oh. happened. It, it just opens up conversations. So I think something as simple as having like, my, my crucifix is probably three inches tall on yes. my desk at work. Yeah. And it stopped, you know, 15 coworkers who want to have a conversation. It's like, that's, that's Jesus saying, here you go, buddy. Here's your chance. Like, that's right. That's <laughs> but, right. You but, you know, know it's, as you, yeah, it's just wonderful. As you say that, Tommy, I'm thinking because when I first, of course, I'm, I'm full time Catholic reader now. But when I first started, I was working for FedEx, and and Cheryl will remember this because our kids were young, about 25 years ago. Where I was doing the same thing, I had, you know, I had an office, and I had, I used to, it was like a shrine in my office, <laughs> sacred heart, <laughs> yeah. all kinds of stuff. But I was, you know, I was rec- recording on cassette tape. You maybe don't even remember those, but record my program oh, yeah. on, on cassette tape and send it down to the radio station, and so like trying to do both. The Lord, it was a transition. So don't be surprised one day when the Lord says to you, "Get out of that boat," because uh, <laughs> you're doing great work as far as your your uh, book writing goes. And I remember when. Again, working for FedEx and wonderful people, wonderful company, but a good number of the execs came from Memphis, and so a lot of these Southern Baptists would come up and could we use right, your can, sure. can we use can we use your office, Jim? I said oh, sure. <laughs> like walking into the halls of Beelzebub to these people, <laughs> all these religious articles and statues. So it was a great way to evangelize. But it's helpful because you know people will say something like, you know, I've I've met a lot of Catholics, and, but you're different, and it's nice to be yeah. able to talk to you, and then. That's a big opening moment right there, just to kind of yes. turn it on its head for people, you know. That's right. That's right. Well, great work, Tommy. Again, we've been talking with Tommy Ty. The book is called The Catholic Hipster, The Next Level, published by Ave Maria Press. That's AveMariaPress.com. And, uh, Tommy, thanks for taking time out of your day today and being with us and for writing the book. It's such a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. You guys just have a wonderful weekend. You too. Thank you. You too. Now go back inside and spread the good word. <laughs> <There> you go. <laughs> you too.
<laughs> God bless you. And friends, you say we're going to be All back right. with more. Don't go away. Want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, Go to GoodShop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit GoodShop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your Internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's GoodShop.com, and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. GoodShop.com. It started like it does for many people, question my faith and question authority. And I feel that the reason why I left was the, the draw of the world. The world was pulling me away. Some people would say, you know, Satan would, you know, Satan was working on me. He did not want me in church. He wanted me to be desperate. He wanted me to have uh, the thoughts of suicide. I started to realize that a lot of the things that I experienced in my life were a result of my rebellion against God and against authority. Coming back to the church is the first step in healing from all of the hurts of the world. I went from being desperate and in despair to finding hope and encouragement for, for the future. I'm on God's team. I, I know who I belong to and I know where I'm going and there's nothing that can separate me from God's love. Take another look at the Catholic Church. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. All right, welcome back. And uh, just a few minutes left here before we have to leave you for uh, this week. But um, And come... I know people have been hanging on the edge to find out when was Be Not Afraid released. Oh, yeah, I guess 1978. It was 75. 75. So what did we say, 40 years ago? What? 75 is 44 years ago. Contemporary music. In fact, we were talking about this the other day, last week, and I met with um, some of my class, my high school classmates, uh, for dinner. We do that once a year. You couldn't mm-hmm. make it; you had something in church. But um, and some of them, about half of them, we knew each other from grammar school because it was St. Pe- in those days, St. Peter's Grammar School fed St. Peter's High School there on the same campus. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were saying, now I graduated. This actually is the fiftieth anniversary of our eighth grade graduation. We graduated in 1969, and so our 50th high school is in three years, four years, 73. Are you running the reunion? Well, they said uh, the uh, class president. I was, I was, I was class president, but I ran the 10-year reunion. That, <laughs> we haven't had one since, so I suppose it's my responsibility. But there was a couple people who couldn't make it on Sunday, so we nominated them to do it. I think that's fair. If they don't show, <laughs> they get they get the. But 50 years, I remember when my father was going to his 50-year reunion. I, I'll never forget this. He was going to his 50-year reunion, he and my mom. He went to Weehawken High. And uh, he was telling me, you know, this is a while back, obviously. And there weren't I, many people. I, and I said, is anybody still alive? And I thought, that's really old. 50 here years. you are, right? Here I am <laughs> three years away from it. Mm. You didn't go to your high school reunion, did you? No, I, I wasn't a real social bug you know, I, I Joseph really, didn't. He must have had his ten-year reunion yeah. recently, and he didn't go. 
kind of lose touch with people. But even when I was there, I really kept to myself. I kept to my music. I was involved just, you know, with the choir. Mm. Kind of an introvert, I guess. And it wasn't one of those. And then there's this fear. Oh, here we're talking about phobias, like fear of the unknown. Okay, I'll go. I'll see people from 20, whatever reunion it was, 25 years, 30 years ago. And, you know, will they remember me? Were there little things we had, you know, back then that are going to come up. I don't know. I just was, I guess, a little fearful mm. of what, what it would be like. It's easier just to stay home and mm. not confront the unknown. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had, I brought a picture. It was a picture of our eighth grade class on the steps of St. Peter's Church. Monsignor Endenbrock was the pastor. He's there sitting among us. There had to be close to 100 kids. This is, this is grammar school. I mean, the class, when I mean, there were two classes, you know, you had 8A and 8B. Right. That's just how, for the 8th grade. Just for the 8th grade. That's how, that's how things have changed. And, of mm-hmm. course, half of them, more than half, we all went to the high school. Other kids came in from to St. Peter's. We used to have, I had friends in St. Peter's High School from South River, Spotswood, you know, your, where your area that was. That was regional. That was a, and that was the closest Catholic high school. Right, right. Um, of course, now they're all, it's all closed. I think Robert Wood Johnson bought the, the, the buildings. Mm. Um, but anyway, so it, it's, uh, you know, time flies. Here we get a, we, we ask for a text. Uh, Pete and Arlene, thank you. Another great Friday show. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Pete, they're, they're, they're good texters. Yes. <laughs> Pete and <good>. Arlene. <laughs> so thanks for texting in. But uh, yeah, so I guess I'll have to start thinking about my 50th high school reunion. Well, I've I've become a little bit of an event planner. You know, yeah. it's been added to my job description, and I'm getting some good practice. So, I'll help you plan an event. Okay. Well, my friend Peter, my best pal Peter, who we've known each other since fourth grade, he came down from Massachusetts for the day. For that dinner. He lives right by Stockbridge, you know. Mm-hmm. He wondered why you didn't stop in and see them when you were mm-hmm. up there. On pilgrimage. But he didn't go to St. Peter's High School. He went to St. Peter's Prep in Jersey City. But you all <laughs> hung out with all the same people. But he would come right? down. He was in our plays. He was, he, was, yeah. I mean, he was more involved in our school than he was in his own. So he drove down for that. But... Uh, well, now with social media and Facebook, it seems like it would be very easy. I mean, years ago, you'd have to try to find where do the people live. Can we get mm. them, a, you know, mail them an invitation or get a phone number? Now you just put it on Facebook and somebody will tell somebody mm. and will tell somebody. I don't know if St. Peter's Prep in Jersey City is still open. It was a Jesuit school and that's where he went, an all-boys school. He used to take the train in high school back and forth from New Brunswick. But I remember going to see him. He was in a play in his school called Our Town that, that uh, Thornton Wilder um, play and he had a secondary lead but the lead in the in the production was a senior peter was a junior at the time was a senior his name was um uh um nathan joe joe lane who became nathan lane you told me this all right who's the 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 famous famous nathan Nathan lane Lane. he went to saint peter's prep and i saw him in this play (laughs) When he was a senior in high school, you still have the booklet. I don't know. Some I, I have to look, accept, like have to that, look and see. Know? Yeah, yeah. But um, anyway, so time's up. We got to go. So we hope you have a great rest of your Friday. Thanks for being with us. Thanks to our guests, Nick Agato, also Tommy Ty. Thanks, Father Chris Rogers, for your reflection. Uh, congratulations to Jack, Jack down in uh, Wildwood, our uh, Saint of the Day. So uh, we'll see you next Friday, Feast of Saint Cecilia. I'll be back. 
God willing, on Tuesday with Come To Me. Don't forget, 3 o'clock on Monday, uh, we have Bruce DeBacco here with his Come To The Throne program. So join us then, and have a great weekend. Have a beautiful weekend. God bless you.